Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. Oh Lord, we thank you for your love. And we thank you that you are able to be with us through really, really great times where we just celebrate all the time. And those times that we feel like that we are just down in the pit. But Lord, we remember that even through the good times and the bad times, those times that things are just okay, the promise that we have is that you are always with us. So Lord, at this time, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Before I really get started, I just want to thank Tim for last week. Thank you for bringing the word. Uh, it, 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 was, it was great to be able just to sit and listen and to hear God speak through you. So thank you for that. And thank you for the opportunity to allow an intern to come and be a part of our church so he can grow in ministry. And hopefully as he grows, we also grow to see how to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. You can see the the new series that we are embarking on is called What If? Now, I know that sometimes we look at the phrase what if and we want to think about how things can get better. Maybe something has gone wrong in your life and go, man, what if things would finally just turn and, and we can live a better life? But I'm hoping and praying that over the next three weeks that we don't look at the phrase as what if, is that we're trying to get out of something bad. But we look at the phrase what if as a dreaming statement about how we can fully live in to the blessings that God has so graciously given to us. I will admit that, that I am a dreamer. I spend a lot of time of dreaming about things. And I remember teachers in school kind of tapping on my desk whenever I would kind of gaze off into the distance, or even mom and dad trying to call my name three or four times to, to wake me back up in reality. But I still dream. And one of the biggest things that I dream about is that I dream about our church. And, and I, I, when I do that dreaming, I give thanks to God. I give thanks to God because I look at where we were a year ago at this time, and I see just the growth and the blessings and, and just the amazing things that we have been able to do as Royce City First United Methodist Church. I look back and I see how God has, has used each and every one of you in, in particular ways 
to be a blessing to each other, to be a blessing to me and to Tracy and to my mom, to be a blessing to our community. It's just awesome. So as we look ahead towards 2018, we ask that question, what if? What if we can do something amazing? And I know that we will be able to. You know, we're focusing now uh, for the budget for 2018, and, and you're going to hear a lot about that over the next three weeks, and, and I don't apologize for that. I, I, I say that because what our budget does, it shows how we impact each other our church, and our community. So we're going to talk about it, and, and we're going to give thanks to God for, for, for all of it. Because there are things that we know for sure. This is a map that I pulled up from a program that we have called Mission Insight. And if you see that blue line, that is a 12-minute driving radius, if you will, to get to our church. Uh, that perimeter of that line is, is it, that takes people 12 minutes from that line to get to our congregation. And all those little red dots that you see there are, are you, most of you. And you can see that you, you may look and realize or uh, see where your little home is and, and say, this is where I live and this is, this is my church. You see, Mission Insight gives us a whole bunch of data to look at. And whenever I plugged in our zip code, 75189, it says that our population right now in 2017 in this zip code is 29,270. That's, that's in the zip code, 75189. But in 2027... Our zip code is projected to grow to 39,406. That's a net of 10,000 plus people in our zip code. Now, uh, we had uh, Royce City ISD uh, uh, Superintendent Worthy come to speak to Rotary a couple of weeks ago, and they were sharing other figures about our community. That Royce City ISD will grow to 1,800 students in the next five years, which is more than what currently sits in Royce City High School. So our ISD will grow bigger than those who are attending the high school. And then in 10 years, it is projected that our ISD is going to grow plus 4,000 with a growth rate of 6% every year for the next 10 years. When I look at that, I go, wow, that's amazing. That is amazing that the growth that we have coming our way. So it makes me ask, what if? What if? What, what is it that we can do as a congregation to impact those 10 thousand plus people that are moving to our community now. Now, it's not that I want them to be uh, all and awe-inspired of Royce City First United Methodist Church, but I want them to be awe-inspired by 
the love and grace of Jesus Christ that comes from Royce City First United Methodist Church. So we have to think about what are the tools that we have. And, and if you're like me, I look around and I say, man, we just don't have the stuff. We don't have the things that we need to, to really fully engage the community around us. Or do we? Heard a speaker, a pastor down in Houston this past week, Juanita Rasmus. She said in a little speech that I heard her give, that the time will never be right. Start where you are and use the tools you have because better tools will become available when you move along. So we have to start where we are right now. And we have to start giving thanks to God for, for giving us what we have And as we continue to be faithful, as we continue to move forward, God will give us the tools we need to provide a better ministry, or a stronger ministry, I should say, sharing God's love and grace with the community around us. So this next three weeks, we're going to kind of talk about the tools that we have. And the very first tool that we have, that that we can activate right here and right now is prayer. That is the best tool that we can use when we talk about being faithful stewards of what God has given us. In the morning devotion that I do every day, uh, there was this line that I thought, uh, just it just blew me away. It said that the Bible is utterly unfamiliar with casual prayer. The Bible is utterly unfamiliar with casual prayer. When we take time to pray, it shouldn't be just a casual thing that we do. You know, we, we may end up doing that sometimes in our lives where we know we have to pray for something or for someone. We'll just kind of just casually just lift up a prayer here or there. But no, what the Bible tells us is that prayer is a serious thing. And if you know other people in your lives that that prayer has utterly affected their lives and has changed their lives and made their lives a shining example of God's love and grace because of the act of prayer. Our scripture for this morning talks about prayer. And it's from the Old Testament book, 2 Chronicles 7. Verses 14 through 15. You may be familiar with this passage. So I invite you to listen or to follow along in your Bibles or on the screen to these words. If my people who belong to me will humbly pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. From now on, my eyes will be open and my ears will pay attention to the prayers offered in this place. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may have heard this scripture used uh, around the National Day of Prayer. Uh, This is one that gets lifted up a lot. It's It's a very powerful passage. 
that one of the things that I think we Christians do, we like to cite this prayer. And when we talk about this, we want to reclaim something. We want to make something ours again. But that's not what this prayer is about. When we talk about being humble, being able to seek God's face, when we, when we lift up this prayer, we are asking for God to show us how to, to move, how to act, how to live out our faith. See, this passage was written shortly after King Solomon finished building the temple. And he gathered all of the Israelites around, and they're lifting up prayers to God. And God reaches down and answers King Solomon with these words. If my people who belong to me will humbly pray. It's not if my people humbly pray, I will give them what they want. No, if my people humbly pray, they will see what it is that I am calling them to do so that they may then make a difference in my name. So King Solomon is known to be a very wise leader. And part of that has to do with how earlier in, in, in a, Second Chronicles 1.10, he is praying to God, and God wants to reach down and give King Solomon favor and says, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And King Solomon asks, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people who is able to govern this great people of yours. And this prayer of Solomon just amazed God that somebody would not ask for riches or, or for fame or for all of these things. But because Solomon asked for wisdom, God granted that wisdom to him. And if we continue to read in 2 Kings and, and the Second Chronicles, we can see how God used Solomon in mighty ways. One of the biggest miracle or wisdom stories of Solomon is when two women came to him arguing over a baby, a baby that was alive because another baby that was dead. And they were fighting, saying that this one's my child, but no, somebody took, the woman took my baby and replaced it with this alive baby, and they didn't know what to do with it. So King Solomon said, in this not really so safe for family's story, he says, what we'll do, we'll just cut the baby in half, and we'll give half of the baby to one woman and half of the baby to the other. One of the women said, that's fine, go ahead, I'm okay with that. And the other one said, no, 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 don't do that. Give, give the baby to this other woman. When King Solomon knew that because she was willing to give up her child, that that baby was hers, and he gave the baby to the rightful mother. And everybody was just amazed by this, how, how he had this great wisdom. And if we continue to look, we can see how he grew Israel and how he made Israel a power, and how he took seven years to build a magnificent place for the worship of God. See, God's favor was upon Solomon because Solomon asked for that wisdom. But then, 
things turned. As fame came towards Solomon's way, as riches came his way, people clamored around him. Solomon began to take on many wives, so he had to build himself his own temple or his own house. And as he built his house, it took him 13 years to build his own palace. Now, now think about that real quick. It took Solomon seven years to build the temple, but it took him 13 years to build his own place. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I hear that, I'm starting to wonder, where is Solomon's priority? Is it storing up stuff for himself, making himself greater, make himself better? Or is it about the worship of God? But he didn't start, stop there. He not only built himself this, this magnificent palace in 13 years, he then built magnificent places for his many wives. And then he started to build temples for other gods. And bit by bit, his desire for the God who blessed him, who gave him what he asked for, began to wane, began to disappear. Now you may be wondering, how does this help us today see how to live our lives? Well, first and foremost, Solomon forgot that very first important task that God told him about to humbly seek God. My friends, I think that when we talk about stewardship of the church, we must have our stewardship and our prayers come from a point of humility. We must realize whose and whose we are. We must realize that we don't have all the answers. We're never going to have all the answers. But we hold on to the one who loves us abundantly. And when we humble ourselves to God's authority, we will be able to do amazing things. See, King David knew this. In Psalm 51, he prayed this prayer, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. See, David wrote that after his, uh, his tryst with, with Bathsheba. And he knew that, that he messed up tremendously, but he knew that it was the favor of God that he needed. So today, as we ask what if, how can we allow our prayers and stewardship come from humility? Well, first of all, we have to ask for God's grace to work inside of us. Tolan Choduskin, in his book, Surprised by Grace, reminds us that God's ability to clean things up is infinitely greater than our ability to mess things up. God's grace is able to clean things up more than we're able to mess things up. And see, once we have that right place of, of who we are and what we can do, but more importantly, who God is... 
and what God can do. We can then come to God in a mode of humility, laying our lives at God's feet. We also must allow people to speak into our lives. And yes, that even means whenever they tell us things that we don't want to hear. That's a part of humility that really hurts or that really, really, really drives me nuts is that I need to make sure that I open up my ears to when there are criticism. Because if we're honest, every bit of criticism that we hear, there is a grain of truth within it, at least a grain of truth within it. But if we hold up our defenses and we can say, well, you know, I don't want to even hear what that person says because that person is always negative. That person has nothing positive to say. But if we turn that around and we say, you know, what is it that they're saying that I truly need to listen to? What is it that they are saying that can help me grow in my faith? Romans 15, 18 reminds us that God forbid that I should boast except in what Christ has wrought in me to bring about the obedience of the Gentiles. It's so easy to be boastful. It's so easy to look at what we have and say, I'm just so great and I'm so thankful for all. But if our boast is in Christ Jesus we then point to the one who has given us many blessings. And we live out those blessings because of the love that God has for us. So over the next three weeks, I'll be asking you to do specific things. This first week, what I ask is that you pray. That you just spend time in prayer. Pray for, pray for me. Pray for my family. Pray for our church. Pray for our community. Pray how God can use each and every one of us to be examples of God's love and God's grace around us. The next Sunday, which I believe is the, what, what is today? Today is the 8th, so seven days from now is what? 15th. The 15th, we will gather together again, and we are going to pass out our, our, our budget. We're going to pass out our uh, You Belong Here cards. We passed those out a few weeks ago. We'll pass those out again, ways that you can serve the church. We can also pass out our estimate of giving cards and invite you to take those home and pray over those to see how you can serve Christ through Roy City First United Methodist Church. And then on the 22nd, we are going to celebrate. We're going to have our new children's hand chime choir in both worship services playing. I heard them last Wednesday, and it was almost brought tears to my eyes. It was amazing. So they're, they're, they're going to be here playing in worship. And then we're going to have other things happening during worship service as we bring our estimate of giving cards and our, our You Belong Here cards to, to lay at God's feet to say, God, this is who we are, and this is who I am. And all that I have, I give to you to be in service for 
this next year. So I want to close by saying, let's ask the question, what if? Let's ask this question, how God can use us, and what if we were an even more vibrant church? What if we were an even more welcoming church? What if we were a presence in the Royce City community where people can come and experience the love and grace of Jesus Christ in a way they may have never experienced before so that their lives may be changed and so that they may experience the power and grace of Jesus Christ in their own lives. Let us pray. Oh God, what if, what if we just lived out this commitment in our lives? What if we just allowed you to, to change our hearts and our minds? What if we were to just be bold in our prayers so that we may see change around us? We ask over these next three weeks that you bless the gatherings that we have to allow your love and grace to just be a powerful presence because of the love that you have given us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we pray this in his name. Amen.